We're going to go to the book of John, and we're going to read two sets of scriptures that the pastor suggested that we read, and then I'm going to speak to you from those. But I'm going to read through all of it first. We're going to start with John 14. John 14, uh, verses 16 through 18, and then we're going to go over to John 16, and we're going to read um, 5 through 13. Starting with John 14. Come, Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 16 says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. And then over to John 16, starting with verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you, all things that the Father has are mine, and therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Father God, I ask you to bless the reading of your holy word. Let your truth just explode for us tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. I know y'all know that. And I just want to start back where we, where we just read and just kind of talk about each verse and just let it get down in our spirit, man. Does that sound okay? Starting with verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 16. And he says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I say, isn't it just like Jesus to go ahead and make provision for us? To go ahead and make provision for his disciples. Uh, he, didn't wanna, he wanted to reassure them because he's getting ready to leave them. And he wanted them to be reassured that there was a helper that was going to be with them to get them through uh, the, the glorious gospel that they were going to take forth to the world. He was reassuring them that the helper would do in his absence all that he would do if he was present there in his body. 
And you know what? What he's saying to his disciples in these scriptures, I believe that he's speaking to us tonight. Because that's what he wants us to know. We're not here by ourselves. The helper is here. The helper is within us. Hallelujah. And verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Well, he's saying that the world can't receive the Holy Spirit because they haven't received him. They haven't received me, Jesus said. And he's telling his disciples, but you know me. I dwell with you. He said it's not necessary for you to see me because you can feel me. You can feel my presence. I feel his presence right now. His presence is in this place tonight to teach us and to deliver us and to strengthen us. So we don't have to see him to feel his presence, but we do need to strive to stay in a relationship with him. Jesus knew that his disciples would need help, and he knows that we need help. So he made it possible to get the help that we need, but first we have to access that help. We have to learn to listen, and we also have to learn to acknowledge him. When you wake up in the morning, say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Don't leave him out. You know, I, I don't know about y'all, but when I was young in the Lord, um, I, I used to go to an Episcopal church many years ago, and I would go, and we'd always kneel a lot, and, and uh, I don't know if y'all have ever been to an Episcopal church, but anyway, we'd say, uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I, I can remember saying, I just wonder who that Holy Spirit is. And it was years before I, I, had, I learned, and the, and the Lord himself taught me who the Holy Spirit is. But sometimes I think we don't get that at first. And even if we get it, I, I don't know if we realize how serious he is about walking us through this life in the ways of the Lord. Well, we can't make it without him. Have you ever tried to do it without him? <laughs> we can't do it. So that's why the Lord provided the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, I was thinking about this uh, as I was studying this lesson, and I was just thinking about how in the early years, see, he instructs us. And you say, oh, yes, he's powerful. Yes, he is. But he instructs us in the little things, too. He walks us out of situations that aren't good for us. When I was first coming out of my destructive lifestyle, which included drugs and alcohol and all kinds of worldly living, but I, I gave my heart to, to the Lord. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I, I turned my heart towards him, and I began to walk towards the things of God, as I know most of you have. But I had no clue how to live God's way. And I remember in those early days when I was uh, trying to replace my bad habits with good habits, I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And if I had a thought that wasn't a right thought, that wasn't good for me, he would speak to me and say, don't even entertain that. And I'd go, and I knew it was the Lord. I, did, I didn't call him the Holy Spirit, but now I know it was the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me that literally spoke to me. And then another time I would go somewhere and I would think, this will be okay to go here. And as I sat down, he would say to me, this is what I brought you out of. 
and I'd get up and leave. But see, I didn't know any better. And he knew I didn't know any better, and he was willing to walk me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't that exciting? I mean, that's what our Holy Spirit does. That's what he does. He walks us out of the dark places. And you know, once you even, even when you get out, and maybe some of you never have been in that dark place, but I bet some of you have. And that dark place doesn't have to be the destructive lifestyle of drugs and alcohol. It can be the dark place of sickness and disease. He'll walk you out of that. He will instruct you. He will instruct you. So we just have to acknowledge him, and we have to have a, a good relationship with him. And he said in verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. See, he didn't want them to think they were going to be all by themselves. They weren't really sure what was coming. Jesus knew he was going to the cross. They weren't quite sure of it all. But he wanted them to know that no matter what happens, you're not going to be by yourself. My spirit's going to be with you. And he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And what he's saying is, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6 say, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. And you know what? That convinces me that if I cry out to him, or if you cry out to him, he's poised and ready to come help me, regardless of what my situation is. And that's the kind of relationship we need to have with the Holy Spirit, a, a strong relationship that encourages us and make, causes us to believe that if we call on him, he's coming. He's going to be there. He's going to be there for us. When we think about the Holy Spirit, sometimes we think about the manifestation of power. And that is part of it. But what Jesus wanted for his disciples and what he wants for us is a deep relationship, an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. At the arrival of the Holy Spirit, he manifested himself uh, in a spectacular way. You can read about it in Acts 2. But he came like a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire. That's how he manifested at Pentecost. But you see, as his disciples walked with him, uh, out, and they walked out a relationship with him, they realized that it needed to be deeper. It needed to be the kind of relationship that told them what to do every day. That walked with them and gave them power to heal the sick, but also the instruction that they could share with others as they went forth to share the truth of the gospel. But as we walk in a close relationship with the Holy Spirit and it becomes deeper, then the elevation of power will come forth. He's not going to give us any power if we can't deal with it. We can't get in pride and think it's about us. The Holy Spirit is wonderful. He's wonderful. He, he leads us. He leads us. He's not going to push us, but he leads us. We don't want to get ahead of him. In chapter 16, verse 5, he says, But now I go, and Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, Where are you going? 
But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Some, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Sometimes Christians think that it's wrong to focus on the Holy Spirit. I kind of did way back in the day. They, they think, oh, no, you need, to, you need to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And you do need to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. But Jesus, is, he's telling us that he's sending us the helper who is the spirit of the living God. He does nothing except what God the Father and Jesus tell him to do. The Holy Spirit is in tune. And it's his job to bring us closer to Jesus. It's his job. He's telling the people, don't be sad about this. It's a good thing. Because I'm sending my spirit. And he's going to dwell within you. And just because I'm not there in my body, you're going to be well compensated by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's encouraging them. You know what? I'm encouraging you tonight. I'm encouraging myself. Every single day I call on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I call him for strength. Sometimes I call on him for direction. He's no respecter of persons. He can't wait. He just can't wait to direct us and to show us. In chapter 15, he had already told them, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. In other words, the Holy Spirit leads believers to a greater knowledge of the gospel. How many of you noticed that once you got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, you started understanding the Bible better? And prior to that, it was just, you wanted to know it, but you just couldn't quite get it. It's because it's a spiritual thing. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know, God's not trying to hide anything from us. He wants us to know all his truth. And that's another reason he sent the Holy Spirit. So he leads us to a greater knowledge of the gospel. In addition to general help and guidance, he gives us strength to endure the hostility of the world system. You know, the disciples really suffered from that, I think, more than we do. But what we suffer from is the influence of the world. You see, the Holy Spirit will give us the strength to walk away from that to crush the desire to participate in worldly activities. You know what? He's so good, and he's so loving, and he's so helpful. What I noticed was, who wants the world? Who cares? It didn't offer me anything anymore once I, came, once I got close to the Lord and, and, and began, began walking closely with him. And the Holy Spirit began to reveal this new way to me this new way to live according to the principles of Almighty God because I did not know. So if you're here tonight and you don't know, he's there to help you. He's there to lead you. He's there to encourage you. In chapter 16, verse 8, it says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they don't believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and you see me no more, and judgment because of the ruler of this world is judged. 
And what he's talking about in that verse is he's talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit to unbelievers. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to unbelievers is conviction. Specifically, he uses the unbelief or their unbelief to prove the gravity of sin and the victorious work of Jesus to prove the availability of righteousness and the defeat of Satan to prove the solemn work of judgment. So it's not our job to convict other people of sin. That's not our job. It's our job to take the truth of the gospel to crying, sighing, dying humanity and tell them how much Jesus loves them and how ready he is to change them and bring them into a, a marvelous light and an abundant life. Kingdom living. Righteousness, peace, and the joy of the Holy Ghost. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to convict the people's hearts because it's one of his primary ministries. Verse 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. Do you know that he will minister to you concerning your future? He'll minister to you concerning your finances and your health. There's nothing that he's not interested in as far as we're concerned. And then in verse 14, he says, He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a private agenda. He doesn't have a private agenda. He glorifies Jesus and who glorifies the Father. There are threesome. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But they work as one. They're in union. In verse 15 it says, All things that the Father has are mine, and therefore I say that he will take of mine, and he will declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit makes every blessing of Jesus evident to us here. His union with the Holy Spirit is how we receive from God. Jesus accomplished everything we need. He accomplished everything for us. And the Holy Spirit manifests what Jesus accomplished. And there's no substitute for him and what he gives. Jesus changes ordinary lives into supernatural lives. You know, earlier this evening, I was standing in the back uh, with another sister that has walked out of that dark place and come into his marvelous light. And we wept, remembering how carefully the Holy Spirit walks us out of that dark place into the marvelous kingdom of God. It's something we cannot do for ourselves. We cannot do it for ourselves. So we need to understand that knowing and understanding God's word is made possible by the Holy Spirit because he's our teacher. He knows everything. And he teaches the way that Jesus taught, the disciple always staying in tune with the Father. That's how Jesus taught the disciples, and that's how he wanted them to go forth and teach the masses as they went. They needed to stay in touch with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit causes us to remember. When we have God's word in our hearts, the Spirit will cause us to remember so that we can apply it to the circumstances of our lives. I know you all have had that experience. When you find yourself in a situation and, and you say, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. And suddenly, from within will come a scripture and you go, oh, wow. Okay, that'll work. And you begin to speak it into your circumstances. That's why it's so important for us to know God's word and to have it stored in our heart and our spirit. He will reveal the Father's will to you. Uh, this is what he's telling his disciples as he prepares them for de departure. He's reassuring them. And I feel that he's reassuring us tonight. I don't know what the circumstances of your life uh, are tonight, but the Lord knows. And he has sent his Holy Spirit to help you deal with them every single day. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we, pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so we need to wait on the Holy Spirit to help us pray and to direct us. We need to wait on God so that he can have time to move in us and through us. He teaches us that in Psalm 62, verse 5. That, that scripture says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. My expectation is from him. He'll tell you of things to come. You know, he'll tell you of real important things, but I, what comes to my heart right now as I say this, that he'll tell you of things to come. Many years ago, uh, and this may not sound like a big deal, but it was a pretty big deal. I was driving down the highway, and, uh, and seatbelts uh, had, it, we just started, it became a law. We had to have, wear seatbelts. I hated those things. And so it was raining. I was out in the rain one day. I think I was leaving my Bible study. And I was driving down, I'd just gotten off the freeway, uh, to a feeder street, and the Holy Spirit said, put on your seatbelt. And I kind of whined a little bit, like, oh, Lord, I just hate those things. He said, put on your seatbelt. And it was, there was an urgency to that command, and so I put it on real quick. And within seconds after I put on the seatbelt, a car rammed in the back of me, and it, it turned into a 10-car pileup. I'm telling you, he takes care of you. He takes care of you. And so when he speaks to you, don't hesitate like I did that first time. Praise God, I had a second chance, and I put my seatbelt on. So the Holy Spirit will warn you and alert you concerning your future, and he will strengthen you. As we practice living from our spirit man, we will become more and more like Jesus. And that's what Jesus wanted for his disciples in the upper room, and that's what he wants for us today. He wants us to go forth and take the gospel, and he wants us to do it by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Has the Holy Spirit ever led you to go and pray for somebody that you didn't even know? Me too. And do you know that every time I've ever done that, every time I've been obedient, and it's scary to be obedient when you don't know him, isn't it? He's had me pray for people on the street. And, and I might step back a second, but only a second, because I've learned that when he tells you to do that, it's because he's already made them ready. 
And usually by the time you get to them and say, brother or sister, I don't want to offend you, but do you mind if I pray for you? They're like desperate. I'll never forget one time I was left a store and there was a man standing there and, um, and he just looked sick. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go over there and pray for him. And I went, okay. So I walked over and I said, excuse me, sir, but do you mind if I pray for you right quick? I said, the Lord would have me pray for you right now. And he, f- he, he just flung himself on top of the hood of the car and said, please pray, please pray. And I asked him what his needs were, and he told me he was very, very sick. And I prayed for him. And he was grateful. So if the Spirit tells you to do it, he's already done the work to get the people ready to receive the prayer. You don't step out and do it on your own, but you listen for him. You listen for him. I mean, he's done that many times in my life, so I don't hesitate anymore. And many times it's people, I have no clue what their faith is or if they even have any. But if the, if the Spirit speaks to you, as you begin to walk with him, and as you begin to serve the Lord, he will ask you to do things like that, just in the course of your day. I remember one day I was uh, on my way to Carpus, and I was so excited, and I was hurrying to try to get everything done so I could get out of town. And uh, I came to a red light, and he said, I want you to go over to the nursing home, and I want you to pray for so-and-so. I said, well, Lord, I'm on my way to Carpus. Got to go. He said, I want you to go to the nursing home and I want you to pray. And he told me the person's name. And so I, I went. And when I went in, that person was desperate for reassurance. He was desperate for prayer. And as I sat there praying with him, I thanked God. I thanked God that I was obedient because you never know why he's asking you to go and pray for someone or to call somebody. You don't know what's going on with them, but see, he knows. He knows all of it. So listen to him. The disciples in the upper room really had to listen to him because, you know, they were stepping out fresh. They didn't have God's word to read like we do. But Jesus, they did have him in the flesh, and he was preparing them for when he wasn't there. So right now, let me just stop, and I want you to close your eyes. Lord, open up our spiritual eyes. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, open up our spiritual eyes tonight. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Uh, There's liberty here tonight. There's freedom here tonight. I like the breakdown that the Amplified Bible gives each time the Holy Spirit is mentioned. I just want to read them off to you because I just love the breakdown. Number one, he's our counselor. He's our counselor. He advises us. If you wake up tomorrow and you have something and you need a counselor, go to the Holy Spirit. He'll advise you. And then he's our helper. He's he's by our side to give us aid, whatever the circumstances. And then he's our intercessor. He's praying for us. He's our advocate with the Father. He's a lawyer. He's our lawyer. He's for us. He's not against us. Whatever your situation, the Holy Spirit is for you. 
He's not against you. And he's our strengthener, and he's our standby. I, I, I don't know who would want to be joined to the Holy Spirit. He's wonderful. Everything he does is good. It is because of the Holy Spirit that we're able to walk in forgiveness, in peace, in contentment, and in the principles of God. You know, the Holy Spirit even taught me how to be married. When I first got married, I just couldn't get marriage to work. But when I first got married, I was born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and had learned to turn to him. I would go to him if my husband and I would have an argument, and I would say, Holy Spirit, I know what a worldly woman would do in these circumstances, but what does a godly woman do in these circumstances? And he would tell me what to do. Most of the time, he told me to be quiet. (laughs) And that's not all that easy. You know, it takes the power of the Holy Ghost to make that happen in some of us. (laughs) But he actually taught me how to be married. I'm not kidding you about the Holy Spirit. He is there for us in all areas of our lives. Of course, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. We've got to recognize him. We've got to acknowledge him. And I want to just say this, that every time we read the word Lord in the Bible, we can think of the Holy Spirit. He's not just a helper. He is the Lord, and he helps us. He's not just the comforter. He's the Lord, and he comforts us. He's not just a comforter. He's not just a guide. He's the Lord, and he guides us. He's the Lord, and he's here with us. He's here with us now. You know, I I know that uh, I just want to stop for a second because the Holy Spirit quickened me uh, to share with you uh, a story about forgiveness. I don't know if there's anybody in here tonight that is walking with unforgiveness in their heart. We're so close to Easter. But unforgiveness in our heart is not good any time of the year. But I just wanted to share right quick with you how the Holy Spirit led me through what he called God's kind of forgiveness. I may have shared this to this congregation before, but maybe you didn't hear it. But I had been raised in an abusive atmosphere. My stepfather was abusive. He was an alcoholic, and he was quite abusive to me and my mother and my sisters. And I carried a lot of anger around with me, uh, even when I said I wasn't angry. I was, and so as I began to walk with the Lord, I heard a teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, about how if I would forgive others what they have done for me, done to me, I'm paraphrasing, that God would forgive me for what I hadn't gotten right. And so I went home that day, and I, from my Bible study, and I said, Lord, I think I have forgiven my stepfather, but but just in case. Just in case, uh, I'd like you to help me forgive him. It was a simple prayer. And a number of weeks later, my sister called me and told me that he'd had a stroke and that he may have to go to a nursing home. And I just began to weep. 
And I cried and I cried and I had to hang up. I got on my face before God and I said, oh, Lord, please don't, please don't let him uh, end his days in a nursing home. Please make a way for him, Father. And I just began to cry out to God in his behalf. And then I began to say, Lord, I, I'm, I forgive him for everything he's done for me. I don't care about that anymore. I just want you to make a way for him. And as I prayed and as I wept, the Holy Spirit said, this is what I mean by forgiveness. This is my kind of forgiveness. And I knew that I hadn't done that for myself. I knew that the Lord had worked that forgiveness in my heart by the power of his Holy Spirit. And then <clears throat> I went on uh, a few weeks later. I was just astounded. It was such a wonderful, freeing to walk out of that, to seriously walk out of that unforgiveness. And at that instant, I believe that that's when my heart healing began. My broken heart was healed at that point. I didn't realize it for a few weeks, and the Lord spoke it to me. But at that time, I just felt lighter. I just knew that the Lord had done for me what I couldn't do for myself. And then I went to see my stepfather, uh, my sister and I did, um, after he came out of the hospital. And I looked at him, and I realized that he was... And he was vulnerable, and he needed us. And as I looked at him, I realized that he was, at that point, the way we were when we were little. And yet I felt nothing but compassion and love for him. And as I realized that, I, I just got on my knees before God, and I just said, I know you did it. <laughs> I know it wasn't me. But it was the most astounding thing to have that kind of forgiveness worked in my heart, and I'd been trying for years on my own to forgive. I knew I was supposed to, but I couldn't do that for myself. And maybe some of you are here tonight, and maybe you've been wounded or abused or your heart's just been broken, and maybe you need that kind of healing tonight. I don't know. But he is the Lord, and he's here with us. And the Bible says that he guides us continually in Isaiah 58. 11, it says, he guides us continually. In John 14, verse 26, it says, but the Holy Spirit will come and help you because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. Jesus is reassuring the disciples. He's reassuring them. This is not, it's not all over. The Holy Spirit is our source of true spiritual understanding. The longer that we walk with him, the better we will un understand the truth of the gospel. He lifts up Jesus and he builds up believers and he enables us to walk the Christian life. So as I said earlier, I don't know, maybe some of you have been in dead situations in your life for a long time different kind of bondages, different kind of attitudes, unforgiveness, maybe some sort of behavior that not only affects you, but it affects your family, addiction. I don't know. But if you are here tonight, and if you find yourself in that kind of a situation, I pray right now that you would allow the Holy Spirit to just resurrect you out of that dead place. Just raise you up out of that dead place that you don't know how to get out of. Maybe you haven't even been willing. Maybe you haven't even been willing 
to come out of those dead places. But listen, Jesus has a plan for each and every one of us. And we need to come out of those dead places so we can go and minister to others. There's kingdom work to be done. He's calling us to do it. And so tonight I ask you, I ask you to let the Holy Spirit deal with you. He might be dealing with you right now. But let him deal with you tonight. We're going to open up the altar. You can come and you can yourself get before the Lord. And ask the Holy Spirit. Acknowledge him and say, I know you're there. I know you're here to lead me and to instruct me and to guide me. I know you're interceding for me. And I'm coming before you tonight to ask you to do this thing in me. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but you know what it is, and he knows what it is. And so I want to invite you now to come to the altar and just get before the Lord. If you need prayer, one of us will be happy to pray for you, but you may just want to get with the Lord himself. But please come forth and take this time. Don't leave here. Don't go through another Easter with those dead places. Let the Lord resurrect you out of those dead places. Let him have his way. In the name of Jesus.